Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and a warm welcome from Barangaroo Studios. This is The Call, 10 stocks picked by you, two experts, one hour. I'm Daniela Couillet and our two experts on today's show here for the full hour. Well, hopefully they're here for the full hour. <laughs> Joining me is Junbei Lu of Tribeca Investment Partners. Junbei, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. And Adam Dawes from Shore and Partners, who was just warming up. Yes, limbering, <laughs> just getting ready for the next hour. Exactly. And uh, I I thought we might just start because with generally the market conditions, because they're pretty tough, they're pretty grim at the moment for investors. So Junbei, yep, you're a fund manager. You love volatile, well, this type yeah. of drawdowns, potentially buying opportunities. Is that how you're looking at it at the moment? Look, absolutely. Um, normally, traditionally for the markets, um, September is a very weak, uh, weak month. And then this year is leading into October. Of course, there's a bit of volatility in terms of expectations of where interest rate might go, how high it might go. Um, you know, our view is that, um, you know, because we longshore manager, we love volatility. Share price falls great for us too. So, you know, we just, we always use those opportunities to pile into the stocks, the quality stocks that you always want to buy. Uh, top up more, you know, if it's, um, you know, it becomes cheaper. And uh, mm. we always think these are conditions really, really good for it. Um, I think heading into the year end, I do think that we probably passed the tough patch now. We are heading into a, you know, okay period. Uh, we will have a little bit more downgrade come out of the uh, AGM season. You know, the retailers will downgrade a bit more. We heard from car companies and, you know, there will be a little bit more. Mm. Um, but net net, I think, you know, given the market valuation sort of come off a little bit, uh, there is a little bit of support heading into the year end. Um, and particularly now China data is turning so fast for some of the sectors, which at the moment has been sold off savagely, uh, is going to do um, have a much better quarter uh, in the next three months. Oh, I like that. Sounds all fairly upbeat and yeah. positive. Adam, are you going to share that sort of sentiment? Uh, yeah, definitely. Like, It's actually funny that this time around, some of those clients that are real stalwarts that have been in the markets for years. They're getting wobbly? Yeah. Interesting. It's, it's really unnerving because you know you sort of look at them and you go look you've got a fantastic portfolio like you know beautiful profit but Adam I've lost you know $18,000 since September and I'm like you know it's actually not that bad like you know in the scheme of things so yeah so I I, I get the feeling that there's a lot of clients out there that usually you know sort of wash this stuff off the back and, and keep moving on there is concern out there. And I think it's really just got a lot, a lot to do with the headlines. You know, you've got war, you've yeah. got interest rates, you've got inflation, and then you've got war again. And it, it just sort of really sort of beats down mm. on people over time. And then hence they get quite skeptical or worried about what's happening in the stock market. Now, does CBA worry about what's happening in Israel? Probably not, but mm. it, it, it is that general sentiment. I yeah. think the sentiment is a little bit tough at the moment. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're trying to, and that's where we earn our stripes as advisors. Mm-hmm. That's where we take a bit of that sort of, you know, that psychology level or, you know, sort of listen, mm. understand it's not the right time to jump. Don't get nervous. Yeah. Yes, it's okay to be nervous. Yes, it's okay. But we can see that closer to the end of the year, things mm. are going to start to get better. Interest rates should start falling 
midway through next year um, and all these kinds of things. So it does unnerve you though because mm. these clients are usually really, really good mm. and mm. like really, really, but there is some nervousness out there yeah. and it is uh, a bit concerning. Yeah, I just want to add on yeah. top of it, Australian equity actually looks pretty good relative yeah. to a lot of other equities. So say the US and others, yeah. um, you know, our economy, um, although, you know, it is slowing down, although, you know, our interest rate hike was behind the curve, you know, behind what US has been doing, mm. but our transmission is very quick because we're more yes. variable long, home loan, right? So, um, so our economy has already been slowing down. Our inflation is coming off quite quickly. Um, you know, I think there's every chance that, you know, our rates will be on hold um, rather than go, going up a, a, you know, a little bit more. Mm. Um, and also don't forget in Australia, we've got the immigration story. Mm. Um, it's one of the top Im you know, immigration sort of story out of the you know, G10. Mm. Um, so I think it just, uh, you know, we just got a lot of tailwind um, you know, past the current rough patch, you know, when the earning expectation become a bit more realistic. Um, I think you know, Aussie equity looks pretty good and we're not expensive and which sort of you know, commodity exposed as well. Mm. At the moment, we've got the oil running and potentially we'll have other commodity. Iron ore still pretty good. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know, so it's actually pretty good for yeah. Aussie equity. Look past the next couple months. At least we mm. don't have a Senate situation or a House of Reps, I should say, like the US yeah. does. Anyway, yeah. let's crack on and uh, have a look at the uh, first five stock picks of the day. And we have Acosta Group and Next Gen Energy, National Australia Bank, Ramsey Healthcare and Lendlease. But before we get there, stock of the day is Insignia Financial and the financial services company announced Chief Executive Renato Motta would step down at the end of February. Insignia Chairman Alan Griffiths said that the company is looking for its next CEO to fill up fill his position and shares of Insignia are currently down by over 9% which is quite a fall. So June Bay, what do you think of Insignia? Look, I think it's a, it's in a very, very tough spot. Um, it has purchased um, quite a few platforms in the last few years, a major acquisition, and then it's in the process of integrating those platforms. At the same time, it's embarked on a huge um, sort of cost out program as well. Mm -hmm. And then now you have the CEO gone. It's yeah. got a lot of debt. <laughs> yeah. So it's just got everything going against it um, for this company. I think certainly, um, you know, today's announcement really unnerved investor that thinking potentially there's downgrade coming and they mm -hmm. already had a couple of downgrades downgrades already. Mm. Result was not flash. So uh, look, it's in a very tough spot. It's very hard to step in and buy. Um, this company feels like it's going lower. So kind mm. of a, a big fat avoid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. fair yeah. enough. Adam? Uh, look, you know, one of these things about Insignia is, is, is that they've, they've bitten off probably a lot more than they can chew. Mm. And what's happened is, is that from sort of two years ago, they've had this such a meteoric rise of, and they brought ANZ uh, Financial Planning Group, they've just bought MLC's financial platform and, and, and the financial planners. And Renato was really only there as a caretaker for right. the business going forward and then was moved into the CEO role because they basically couldn't find anybody else. And so uh, it's been moved in there and now it's it's a bit of a shock actually that he's, because you know, there's one thing that he, he's done quite well. He's he's gotten rid of a lot of the dead weight in the financial planning side of things. And I dealt with a lot of financial planners that, that got moved because they didn't write enough business. Mm. And so he either said, if you're on the platform you're on, if you're not, well, thanks very much, see you later, and you can find somewhere else. It was a bit of a hard, tough love kind of thing, but that MLC acquisition, I think, is dragging on a little bit longer. And I think that the further downgrades and potentially now Renato leaving, it does show you that this business isn't very easy. And it reminds me of the AMP days. It reminds me of the professional investment services mm. PIS days where they were the largest in Australia. They were the biggest. They had all these financial advisors, but then 
it's full circle again. Mm. They all then sold off and then they've, you know, sort of the demise that's happened. So for me, it's an avoid as well. I wouldn't be going anywhere near it. I think that there's still some more stuff that needs to come out of this one. And uh, with the uh, no CEO, Renato, not with him leaving, uh, there's no real leadership at the helm. Mm. And that's a big scary thing for a share like this. Particularly in this environment. It's not yeah. really what shareholders want to gravitate towards. Yeah. You want sort of some you earning stability. Steady. You want a strong balance sheet. You That's know, right. we know all the textbook <laughs> sort of things that yeah. you're going through when we do have high rates and this geopolitical risk. As well as then financial planning has come under such a huge yeah, amount focus. of pressure mm. from the Royal Banking Commission and everything else. And so lifting up those pay for IOOF or Insignia um, has to then, they have to raise uh, prices your financial planners and the compliance regime is massive as well and they don't really know what somebody in Burke is doing versus somebody in Perth is doing and the business model is very very tough and we're seeing that in the share price today. Easier ways to make money possibly (laughs) (laughs) dare I say anyway let's move right ahead and our first stock of the day picked by Mac is a Costa group and of course I think Costa is actually under takeover offer isn't it? It is. That's right yeah it is so you know takeover offer $3.20 and now share price $3.11 so there's really you know remember there's time value money and um, you know that you still need uh, court approval so you know there's a few hoops to jump over so it's kind of just that it's not worth it to be buying it for the last few pennies would you be though kind of taking some you know money off the table because look what happened with line town I'm, <laughs> right. I'm not saying that's going to transpire <laughs> well, but I know, I it, it, it all, much do that. yeah Absolutely. it's always that risk it could always it? happen right so look at you know honestly in this sort of market you'll be selling though these shares um, to buy something else that's fallen quite a bit you know this is your opportunity cost mm-hmm. right so rather than sitting here for the next few cents, um, might take months to eventuate um, sell it and buy something else at this point. Do you like anything else in this sort of agri space that you'd be tempted towards, or is it not an area that you tend to, to uh, look, look towards? Oh, we do look at uh, agriculture, but agriculture they all had a you know fantastic run a few years ago, right? You know when the rain, yeah. <laughs> when, when we had good rain, we had all of that. So you know had the green cool, you had uh, you know elders, bigger elders, everything did well. But now things turned, so you know clearly not enough rain, and we're getting a bit too hot to dry and the like so you know things are getting tougher for that sector so mm. it's harder to buy that sector because it's all earnings driven mm. um, I think recently um, you know perhaps getting a little bit less negative which is you know bigger has done you know so some of the got, indicators prices, turning yeah. yeah indicators turning so potentially could become interesting uh, but honestly it's, it's going to be a little bit longer longer yeah. dated yeah, yeah. sort of yeah. more weather climate related adam so yeah so the 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 pick in the agri space is ridley ridley's got oh. all of that chemicals feed lots all of that kind of stuff so if we are going to go into that dry season yeah and we are going to have they've got fertilizers that's right so they got that <laughs> uh so they've got all that kind of stuff so i think that's probably a good call to look at that because if uh, as it gets dry you're going to need more fertilizer you're going to need more crop uh, feeds and all those kinds of things so i think ridley's is well positioned Though the agri space has been absolutely horrible and Elders is, I know. is Elders still hurting is, me. Oh still hurting dear. me. Anyway, uh, Costa Group, yeah, look, what I always say to clients is, is that, as Jumbo said, that you know, the, you've got the price at $3.11. There's a $0.04 cent di- dividend that's going to be delivered. So then you bring it down to three sixteen. What's the upside? Is there going to be another bid? Potentially not, because I think the PSP group that that owns, they own 19.62% of the business. So mm-hmm. they... They're not going anywhere, and then any yeah. kind of bid on top of this would certainly um, uh, be tough. So, the downside to this is probably back down to two dollars sixty. The upside is about four cents. So, 
exactly what Jumbo says. You know, you, you, like like Origin, it's taken so long for yeah. this thing to happen. And I think with Origin as well as this one, the Foreign Investment Review Board needs to uh, look at this and that's where it potentially could fall over. Your downside risk is 10, 20, 30%. Your upside is about one, 2%. Mm. So it's probably best to move away from it and you wouldn't be putting fresh money unless you knew something that everybody else doesn't, that there might be another bid. But I think mm. that that could be quite yeah, away. particularly the price pricing has been revised downwards from three fifty. Yeah, yeah, that's and right. uh, and they had downgrades mm. um, just during the bids. Unfortunate um, again, citrus was the problem. So you know they. I think this is it. It's a tough business. Look, it's interesting, right? It is very, it's an agriculture business. But for many years, they convinced us that it was a technology (laughs) company. Um, And, uh, and, you know, we all believed it for a little bit. And share price was trading on, you know, over 20 times earnings for agriculture business. Just incredible. And then they had a really bad run a few years, just a bad run um, of every possible disease um, for their, you know, produce. And they're just being very tough. crops, I remember all the berries in Africa didn't work in Morocco. And there's some white fly and, yeah. you know, yeah. we, we just learn all about those diseases. I names. think agriculture is probably, you know, agricultural or farmers think that we take a lot of risk with investing. Mm-hmm. But like the farmers, they plan if it doesn't rain within a week. Oh, it's brutal. Like there, there's two hundred half a million dollars worth dusted and then you just go back to the bank to find, you know, I mean, that's far too much risk for me. Yeah. And so there's too many things that can go wrong with agricultural businesses yeah. that mm. it's really, I steer I try and steer clear of it. So, okay. Well, that's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Certain now on that one. Now, the second <laughs> stock is NextGen Energy ticker code NXG, picked by Andrew, and um, he's basically asked Junbei and Adam both called it a quality company. Is it the right time to buy more shares, Junbei? Look, um, the company is uh, well capitalized now, and then they got a strategic investor. So certainly, you'd be putting in the really good spot, and it has a really good. Um, uh, underdeveloped um, deposits. So, you know, my view is that uh, Uranium seems to be going through its renaissance and look, it will take decades for, you know, all these developments yeah. to come through and the like, and not just this company, the entire industry, but certainly it looks like Uranium will form part of that important energy transition. Mm. Um, and quite frankly, we just don't really have too many other alternatives. And I think it's important to have something like that in the portfolio. Yeah. Um, this one, you know, is one of the top names that our guys like. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. absolutely. Mm. I had a really interesting conversation with Simon Holmes, a court, who'd actually just been on an MIT course mm. in the US and States about uranium and he visited one of the newest largest reactors over there and he also went to Canada to talk about small modular reactors where the mm-hmm. first prototypes being developed yep very interesting it is, yeah I mean but it's all quite down the track those small modular mm. reactors yeah. we're not going to get those for 10 years well, but Silex he thought, is a good company to do that yeah yeah, mm. yeah it was just interesting do so, you like this one I do yeah absolutely so it's a buy from me because I think you know there's a couple of things that you need to be aware of it is very illiquid so you've got to be careful even when i left the desk it only a couple of shares had sort of traded and it's quite thin so just got to be really careful with that because you can get caught in these things and and obviously there will be a price that you can get out but potentially it's not the price you want Mm -hmm. to get out of so that's the first thing the second thing is you've got to be monitoring the commodity so uranium price now uranium price has been doing really well Mm. traditionally it travels around a sort of $50 a pound it's up to $71 a pound and continues to keep rising sort of two to three percent sort of every week we expect that uranium price will get up to $80 a pound Mm -hmm. that's certainly not a stretch from where it potentially was 
or has been, but I think $80. And so there is a little bit more uplift in a, in a, in a space like this for the commodity to continue to rise, which means the share prices will follow that commodity as well. So you're really comfortable with it. Uh, Canada, a very good jurisdiction for mining. There's been a couple of other instances, but yeah, very good jurisdiction. So you're really comfortable with next. And this would would this be your preferred pick in the um, sort of uranium space? Ah, uh, so like Boss, Boss has already and, run pretty hard. Yeah. And we've slapped Shores, uh, Shore and Partners have slapped a sell on Boss, so we've sort of been pulling back on that. Um, Paladin, we've still got a buy on a one fifteen, but that's also run really really yeah. hard. But there would be my sort of Paladin would be my number well, number two pick. I think Next Gen is, is is a better business, but there's a little bit of low liquidity and all yeah. those kinds of things. So you've got to be a little bit careful. Um, but yes, it would be definitely one of my number one picks in the space. Cool. Okay, let's move on to the third stock, which is a National Australia Bank NAB picked by Ashish. So Junbei, the good old stalwart <laughs> banks. <laughs> Tell us what you think about the banks. Yeah, Jim, that's eh? right. Come it's it's interesting, right? So as a fund manager, you kind of go, okay, do, do I put my money in the banks or the resources or the CSLs, right? Yeah. So exactly. uh, you know, right now it's actually pretty clear. So banks is uh, <laughs> is pretty clear. So banks actually at the moment looks um, more of a neutral territory. Um, look, you're not going to get much earnings growth. Um, you know, things are getting, they, they have seen the best of their days, um, maybe six, seven months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, things will get a little bit tougher from here. Our economy is not doing too badly. So yep. that doesn't mean, you know, so that simply means banks is looking okay. Um, you know, they are trading on pretty decent multiple. So, you know, uh, multiple as in like, you know, um, their dividend yield. So, you know, NAB itself is trading closer to 6%, mm. fully frank. That's actually pretty good. Mm. Um, and, um, and some people trade their debt as well which is on a very high yield as mm. well. Um, and, you know, some say debt may be even better than the equity. But look, you know, together, I think it kind of looks okay. Um, but I think that there, you do probably, look, CB, I, lo- I do like, you know, in the tough environment, you want to stick with the, um, the leader quality, yeah. which is CBA. That's yeah. why CBA is so much more expensive and the like. But CBA does have that mortgage exposure, right? So at the moment, it seems to be in that wrong in the wrong spot. Um, it's, it's harder to see how it will underperform other banks at this point. But look at, you know, eventually earnings going to get harder and harder to uh, to move forward in the next 12 months. So, you know, I think NAB looks OK, um, you know, for the time being. Mm-hmm. But look, the whole entire bank se- sector is probably more neutral because, you know, just probably see more return out of the resources. Uh, and then your healthcare actually looks incredibly valuable. <laughs> I know. It's um, crazy, but isn't it's it? It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I kind of think, look, you know, there's a few things happening in the healthcare space. Um, you know, one is that short term earnings being downgraded quite yeah. a lot because healthcare is, a, you know, people intensive business Um, you know labor was hard to come by so that was hard the near-term earnings being downgraded Um, and secondly is the um, you know structural impact so people not sure how bad Mm. um, you know how much market share those uh, weight loss drug is going to Mm. take or in the case of CSL whether some of their therapy will be challenged um, a few years down the track but it's just quite incredible that investors are refusing to touch the sector Mm. and ignoring being the incumbent in those spaces mm. usually are the best, um, you know, equipped mm. to compete. Mm. You know, people forgot about, you know, Microsoft. Look at Microsoft. It was a computer business yep. and then become software and it's the now mm. cloud computing. AI. Look at Apple. Yeah. Uh, almost uh, went broke twice. Yes, and now exactly. it's incredible. Yeah. So I think there's so many, um, you know, examples that we can give that. And then they, they essentially example of the incumbent that actually continue to invest and compete and, mm. um, you know, thrive as a business and transform. So I think, you know, there's a lot of value in the sector. 
But in the short term, there is, you know, people just not buying it. But to me, it's, yeah, it's interesting, the- isn't it? Because they're on the nose in the States as well. If you take out Nova mm. Nordisk and yeah. we've really gone off yeah, track here and we'll have to come mm. back to you on that but, <laughs> and Eli Lilly. But a lot of the others, so Abbott's surprised to the upside the other day and mm. actually said they haven't had any impact on their medical devices, which was quite interesting. But it's oh. going to take time. Isn't it will it, take decades. Bay? Yeah, it will yeah. take decades. So for Resme, absolutely, there will be some impact because two thirds of the you yep. know the the um, people on CPAP are overweight, mm. but then the thing is, um, but there's like a billion people in the world that hasn't even been diagnosed with the mm. you yeah. know with, with so the uh, apnea. Yeah, mm. so you know, so do you say how quickly that get impacted? I think. Ultimately, it'll be both therapy be used together. So it'll be a CPAP, yes. it'll be all of that. Yeah. So, but we don't know. It might take decades. Yeah. So it's going to be very slow. So it shouldn't see any impact. But it's right now, it's the confidence and also that readjustment of investors looking at this sector saying, actually, it's not a structural growth sector. Um, so that's where it's sort of changed. But I think it's uh, it's very yeah. unfair um, to be, be judged that way. Because if they can generate, you know, double digit earnings growth next year and we're potentially looking at slowing economic growth, then arguably, mm. you know, what doesn't look like growth does look like growth. But anyway, I better mm. focus back. Right. Focus, focus, right, now. Because we've got Ramsey Healthcare coming <laughs> I know, up. we've so kind we're, of we're jumped getting, ahead. We can, we can do it all at once. Uh, NAB, look, yeah, um, it, look, it, it, NAB and the banks haven't been doing so well. We know that CBA seven months ago, eight months ago, had their net interest margin of, of or even I think it was the end of last year, you know, net interest margin of 2.75 or closer to three. That was as good as it was ever going to get. Mm. That in, net interest margin now started to come down. We're also starting to see that the banks have stopped writing loans that they can't cover. So in other words, they were uneconomical. They were trying to get market share and they were they were writing loans that, that weren't going to pay for themselves. So I think that's stopped. So I think that's a really important thing as well. But overall, we saw Bank of Queensland the other day, absolutely horrible result. Um, I don't think the big four, you always stick with the quality. That's exactly what you need to do. Mm. For me, NAB is a hold. Um, it's in clients portfolios. It's going to pay you a dividend. It's going to be okay. Very hard to get any clients to sell banks because they've always been in their portfolio. They like their frank divvies in there. And there's nothing wrong with that as well. I think overall, um, there's still more headwinds with the banks, higher interest rates. If we do get some more, if, if it's evens, still, I think that um, it is going, cost of living is definitely biting and that's going to be something. But the Australian uh, consumer and the mortgage market is very, very resilient. People will pay their mortgages before they eat. And so I think the banks are okay, but it would be a hold. Okay. So basically sort of got a hold slash neutral for you. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Well, let's where we've all been dying to go to healthcare (laughs) (laughs) because we haven't talked enough healthcare at Ausbiz for the last six weeks, but we've got to keep going. Ramsey. Yeah. Look, I think the Ramsey has got a couple of catalysts, you know, out of a lot of those stocks, we've got a couple of near term catalysts coming through. Look, earning is really pretty much trough earning and things are getting better, but slowly, Um, you know, they did have a, they do have a lot of debt, but they're on, uh, on track to sell the Asian business mm. which is getting good price for us so that will alleviate some concern and then while the earnings is getting back to you know where it is um, and I think there's near term there's a couple of other things that could uh, potentially see the share price move quite substantially which is uh, one is that you know making decision about because there's a bit of refreshment with the board um, of mm-hmm. Ramsey so there's a or potential discussion for what they intend to do with their foreign investments so you know say the French business remember last time when there was a bid um, you know and the French business was the sticking mm. point um, because they couldn't perform due diligence since they don't hold all of it. So what Ramsey could potentially do is, um, you know, either sell it or use just 
do in species distribution um, and let shareholders decide what they want to do mm. with that part of the business. Um, and I, I truly think that will unlock a substantial amount of value uh, for the company. You know, is the bidder coming back at this price? It certainly looks very attractive. Mm. Um, you know, debt is expensive, but you know, it's uh, um, you know, at least we have stabilization in terms of uh, um, you know interest rates. So I think net net, um, you know, this company looks um, extremely deep value at this point, and then your earning is heading higher in the next 12 months. Mm. Um, does it have structural issues? Look, um, there's changes with day hospitals and you know com- 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 competitions and things. Um, but look, look, look at the entire industry. 30% of the private hospitals here in Australia is not profitable. Mm. Ramsey is doing so much better mm. than everyone else. So you know, uh, it's really just uh, I think once they come through this environment, they will be a whole lot stronger um, and uh, a better business. So mm. you know, yeah. So I think this business is a buy. Ramsey. Interesting. Buy. Mm. So lots of rationalisation. You know, as mm. you say, getting everything in order. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, I think it, it, you probably wouldn't in, uh, look to this until that uh, Asian uh, hospitals yep. to be sold. That that's mm. going to. Uh, how much? But I think it's like a billion dollars or something. That they're unlocking. Million. Yeah, seven hundred. Seven hundred to yeah to eight hundred. Yeah. Right. So then currency and everything else. That's yeah. That's going to be a great. Um, How much does that deleverage the balance sheet? Quite significantly. Uh, yeah, I'm not too. I sure. think it low quite substantially. Yeah. So it will take yeah. the debt probably go down to um, under two and a half. Um, oh, but really at the moment, geared it's, up, aren't it's they? very geared up yeah. because yeah. when they bought yeah. that business, right? So they shouldn't have. But you know, um, and then they easy when the interest rate exactly when the interest rate was low and interest rate gone higher so no one expected it to be mm. this way so you know so it's I'm very unfortunate and it's very important for them to do that a uh, good thing is they're getting a lot of bids for that and there's a it's you know hotly yeah. contested it, it so. Just, yeah so mm. I think that's a really good catalyst for the stock but look you look at that share price and it's just continued to sort of fall mm. and it's been really really tough for Ramsey I and mean, obviously lots to do with uh, day surgery knees you know sort of back you know that kind of stuff um, does this new wonder drug, uh, you know, stop those knee surgeries? Do oh. you know? I mean, there's a whole there's a whole demographic that's coming through with knee problems that are not going to benefit from a Zempic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The damage is done. The damage is done. Yeah, yeah. you basically once you get deterioration in the joints, even if you're not overweight, it's like it's still yeah. yeah. But there is also if you are the overweight, yeah. you, are, if you are overweight, obviously that's exacerbated yeah. that you know potentially. So mm. yeah, look, I, I don't know. I, I think overall Ramsey has been a tough investment mm. at the moment i don't see a bottom yet that yet but i'd like that catalyst they sell those uh sell that um the business and then that will be providing it with a bit of a cushion underneath it so for me it's a hold i, I think you, you you stay with the business but it's going to be tough going forward so um yeah look for more catalysts going forward and right? here i was getting excited to think we might have a double buy i think we've already had a double <laughs> we buy next double gen. true next gen. exactly <laughs> exactly oh go. yes but we want a trifecta today <laughs> only joking okay let's go to the uh, next stock which is lendlease ticker code llc picked by john now speaking of deep value junbei <laughs> <laughs> is it like I mean, look at that chart. I mean, this this is a company like I dare I say I remember going to see Stuart Hornery in the late eighties when I was an analyst, and it was a really brilliant company. You yeah. two were far too young, <laughs> and look at it now. It's quite incredible, isn't it? it used to be called the Macquarie Bank of the property yeah. trusts. Yeah, right. Yeah, because it's a conglomerate does a bit of everything. Yeah. I think the biggest mistake they've made is that um, you know in the last couple of years, just before pandemic, actually, when they had the management change, uh, the new management decided against. Uh, 
recycling some of the capital. Um, you know, they, they just thought, oh, we're going to hold on to some of our property a little bit longer, yeah. uh, the communities and everything a little bit longer because price looks great. And then there came the pandemic and suddenly, you know, when you didn't have the disciplined, um, you know, process, uh, uh, strategy to recycle capital, because this is a business where you need to recycle capital, you build new things and then mm. you sell it, right? Yeah. Uh, and then use and then build more things. Um, they didn't do that and they want to hold on a little bit longer. Then was a pandemic and then just then literally just got very, very difficult to sell some of those assets. Um, and um, and then, you know, when the time was good again, then, then suddenly, you know, interest rates started moving higher. Um, so, you know, so this business is really going through a really tough time. When you see activist investor on your, on your yeah. you know, mm-hmm. on, on your, your register, register, you know it's deep value, right? So there's a lot of value to be realized, but the problem is they need to sell asset at the moment. They have so much demand for capital. I think over the next couple of years, they need something like over $3 billion, uh, $3 billion so to be spent. Yeah, for the pipeline. So they have to. So it is it's, it is like Macquarie Bank. You have to recycle mm-hmm. the capital to generate return. And it's return. the wrong time in the cycle. And it's a wrong it? time to mm-hmm. be selling it. So, um, but they have to. So, mm-hmm. you know, sadly, this is a, this is a case. And uh, I think, you know, once they, because it is deep value, once they manage to sell some of those assets, I think community sale is the one they're looking at. If yep. they manage to sell that, there might be, you know, a bit of a bounce in the share price just to, you know, get a bit more comfort that they can fund those things. But at this point, it's really difficult, um, you know, particularly it seemed to be the wrong part yeah and for me it's uh, i'm probably not there for now yeah mm. I, I think, yeah absolutely right you don't don't need to be there um yeah. and the communities i think they're selling another sort of billion dollar uh sort of sale which which will certainly shore up the balance sheet a little bit gives them a bit of time so it's really a need versus what they want to do they have mm. to do something like that and you can see that share price just continuing to sort of slowly drift away you know maybe there is some value in there but you know we've even seen Mervac the other day said that they're going to reduce 50% of their uh, office buildings mm. you know that, that there's there's so many of these things that you've got to be just so careful about and certainly lend lease is one of those ones where it has had a fantastic a reputation but I think it's really tarnished now and mm. nobody's really looking at it. I don't think fundies or instos are really looking at it at all and they're not trying to pick the bottom here because it's that chart just continues to show that so I think yeah you'd, you'd, you'd want to be out of this I'd say it's a sell um, you'd need to come back in once those uh, that that cash looks a little bit better and they've got a clear strategy of where this business is going to go and and relay that to shareholders so that we that shareholders feel comfortable about yeah. what's going on but with the share price looking like that there's no uh, no respite no respite moment. yeah it's interesting in the credit markets i was chatting to someone the other day and in america that's where you're seeing the blowout in the spreads mm-hmm. with office commercial office property and yeah. it's so pronounced here we were laughing saying you come in on a monday into the city there's nobody on a yeah. tuesday yeah. you can't get out of the train station it's yeah. like you and know friday as, as well exactly as, it's, the, a dead. it's yeah. dead yeah yeah so. so but thankfully not for you two who very kind of <laughs> to, to, to keep us entertained and uh, informed okay let's just quickly wrap up wrap up on the first stock which was insignia financial so basically both guests Junbei and adam pretty much have an avoid on the stock uh too many problems that made these acquisitions in terms of financial planning anz mlc um they you know too much debt and they really just can't turn it around so that ceo leading leading i suppose you could 
could almost frame it like he was sort of had his fingers in the dike and there'll be some question marks over how that business is going to do going forward. But let's summarize the first five stocks. So Costa Group, okay, AgriSpace, really, really challenging. It is under a takeover offer. And on balance, uh, a sell, you know, take your, take your money off the table on this one because the upside potential at this stage is probably fairly limited. And if uh, doesn't give the go ahead, there could be downside risk to it. Next Gen Energy, double buy. So we are talking in the uranium space. Very well capitalized, says Junbei. Strategic investor in there, good quality. Adam just makes the point that it is quite illiquid. So just be a little bit careful there. Turning to National Australia Bank. Well, the banking sector per se, as Junbei points out, is under pressure at the moment. Or certainly, you know, it's, it's, it's not that the economy is going off a cliff, but it is a challenging business as we saw with net interest margins, writing of loans. Look, the 6% fully franked yield is very attractive. So Junbei sort of has a neutral there. And Adam sort of says, well, if you've got it, you might want to hold it for the dividend. But both guests make the point, really the quality one remains Commonwealth Bank in that sector. Turning to Ramsey Healthcare. So Junbei has a buy as a deep value stock. So as they rationalize those assets, as they divest the operations in Asia, looking for them to be sold off, uh, would, will generate around seven to 800 million in cash coming in, which will help de-gear the balance sheet. Um, so Junbei likes that one. He feels that, you know, you really are potentially selling other assets as well. So it's a turnaround situation. Adam, however, is more cautious and would prefer to see the asset sales in Asia being bedded down before he would look to buy that one. And turning to Lend-Lease, well, pretty much a sell for Adam on that one. Don't go there at this point in time. And again, Junbei makes some really good points about uh, capital having to be recycled in this business. They need to make asset sales and that puts them under pressure with this very leveraged balance sheet that they have and a $3 billion pipeline that they need to invest. So an avoid from Junbei. Okay, let's check in and uh, have a look at uh, the our own port, high conviction portfolio, which we are tracking. And this, which is picked by our investment committee, the latest episode of the committee meeting is live for you to watch at ausbiz.com. So let's check in with the portfolio update. And going into October, Avita Medical was taken out and it's waiting distributed between Washington H. Solpats and Altium. 1% was taken out of each of Karoon Energy, Promedicus and Paladin. Another 1% of cash was spent to add Camplify. Now let's see how the portfolio is performing and the fund is 3.7% Seven, ugh, try again, 3.76% on a cumulative return basis since inception on March 1st, 2022. So keep sending in your requests and keep the call switched on to see which stocks our committee will be looking at next. So let's move on to the next five stocks of today. And we have a Stockland and Amero International, Telstra, Digital X and Metcash. So I suppose in this world of being, um, you know, non-gender specific, I'll start with you, Adam. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. So, Stockland, yeah. mm. probably better quality in sort of the REIT space, yeah, but... Uh, yeah, I guess so. But um, no, I think um, we, we've actually started last week, we saw, sorry, this week, at the start of this week, we saw 
some of the major uh, research houses actually upgrading some of the REITs. Mm. So something like a JP Morgan came out with a note talking about upgrading five of those REITs. Lend-Lease wasn't on that list. But anyway, um, and Stockland was one of those. They did have a, a negative or underweight position. And now they've moved to neutral, so well, go figure. But anyway, um, I think overall, you know, if you're looking, for, we're all looking for value here and certainly that REIT space is definitely value. Mm. I think it comes down to where do you think potentially interest rates are going to go and bond prices are going to go. Mm. And at the moment, everything's not looking in the favour for the REIT sector. So it did get a little bit of a pop up for some of these REITs that are actually uh, looking okay. And the upgrade is that potentially they're starting to look at these things. And I guess they have to look at these things a little bit quicker or earlier and then, you know, so they can they can move. But um, overall, I think Stocklands is a good business. They've got a lot of diversification. It's okay. But again, I think it's too early to be jumping into the REIT sector here. I just... You know, if I miss 5% on the upside, I'm happy because I just think that, you know, you need some certainty, especially when you're investing in these stocks or at these certain times. And I think overall, I think, you know, if you're trying to hedge your portfolio a little bit with property or things, things like that, I just don't think it's working. So for me, I'm going to say neutral or a hold on Stockland. I think that they're doing an okay job. Everything's moving in the right direction, but um, it's still too early to be looking at the REIT space. Yeah, well, they're obviously, you know, so sensitive to bond yields. Absolutely, yeah. So, um, you know, usually in this sort of environment uh, where market's a bit uncertain, people tend to pile back into those property sector because it's more defensive, you know, you've got guaranteed earnings and things, but obviously because the interest rate outlook, so, you know, the whole se- sector is being decimated. And also, now, I think when you look at the property sector, you do need to be more careful now because there's quite a few subsectors now under structural issue. So, you know, we're talking about offices before. So, you know, offices market has really changed mm-hmm. um, you know uh, we were saying Dexes was deep value deep value um, but if you look at some of the transaction that's going through in the private market it's not devalued yeah. you know it is going through at very cheap valuation and there's really just not that many buyers anymore mm. in that space maybe just a short-term fear but some that sector is challenged at the moment because we don't know how many people will return to the office and you know what that look like eventually mm. so I think when you look at the property sector uh, during the sell-off you do want to more some of the more future-facing growth names. So growth as in, you know, obviously industrial has been very strong. You want to look at areas where the future growth might come from. One is built rent. Um, So Mervac is very well exposed to that front. They've been doing it for years. I think Stockland just started doing some, but Mervac, you know, is my preferred play in terms of you want to do the housing built rent. Um, And that may potentially become a huge market because, Mm. you know, Australia is a very, very infancy, a very early stage of that. US is a much bigger market. Um, And if they started investing into this new category um, you know that's quite a lot of um, you know potential growth to come through so I think that's interesting um, you also want to look at the uh, more you know like a, the, the the Goodman group where the you know they're going to the data center yeah. which is very important right so Goodman group talk about this enormous pipeline so much bigger than what NextDC is doing and it's yeah. global they've got all the client they've got the capital so you want something that will grow that will drive that growth um, mm. you know so when there's a sell-off or when there's a you know share price not moving anywhere absolutely you should have it in your portfolio um, but the other ones, the office, you know, anyone that's concentrating in office or mm. even retail, they just, you know, there's just not that much growth. You need the market mm. to return to generate um, that. So, you know, your likes 
of charter hall is just going to be very, very tough um, because they hardly have any future-facing sec- subsector. Yeah. It's all offices and retail, yeah. um, majority offices, and then just take too long for them to really grow into any other space. Mm. Built to rent, you know, uh, Mervac has been doing it for years. Mm. So, you know, it's actually really difficult for some of those older school um, business model to transition. Mm. Um, so I think just be very careful with this sector, but it's absolutely, if there's a sell-off, buy more of those um, quality names that has growth in the future. Mm. Okay, mm. cool. And that one I uh, failed to mention was picked by a Brad. So let's move on to the next stock. And the seventh stock is Amero International, picked by Ravi, ticket code 3DA. I must admit, I had to Google this one, never heard of it. Yep. I, I, I know a fair bit about this one. I own, uh, disclaimer, I own shares in this company. Okay. So, um, yep. Uh, so, so basically, uh, 3DA is a really interesting business as far as that it, it does. Uh, it's a global specialist in titanium and specialty, specialty alloy powders. Um, oh. That production and advanced manufacturing is basically for defence, aerospace, and a mm. lot of other industrial sectors. Now, the stock's had a little bit of a re-rate at the moment and a little bit of a pop because basically what's happened is the new managing director, Hank, has moved in there and they've really started to make this business move forward. Previously, they were looking to do something with the United Arab Emirates. Um, that has fallen over. They were looking to do a power a powder plant here in Melbourne, in Australia. Um, that has fallen over as well, but they've now given a lot more comfort to the market. Now they're moving into Tennessee in the US, where obviously they're getting some very large or potentially very large contracts with Boeing, Lockheed, you know, Lockheed Raytheon, yeah. all of these sort of big customers. Now, obviously the, the, the risk to that is that, that those uh, agreements don't come through, mm. but he's basically, Hank has moved this business into uh, a, a, a focusing on developing around about 830 tons worth of titanium powder through that facility. Now that, if you sort of do the numbers on that, um, which is, is looking pretty good, um, that yeah, basically the aerospace grade titanium powder is very highly regarded as well as they take a high premium for that. So it's basically uh, spraying titanium onto 3D uh, uh, rocket ships, you know, mm-hmm. like that kind of thing, and and making it. So the facility is going to allow them to then be closer to the US, to the Defense Department, to all of those contracts, and that's why you started to see a re-rate. Hank's done a fantastic job. Is Hank with American? He is. It yeah. sounds. He sounds like he's yeah. American. Hank, Hank Holland is his name. <laughs> so yeah. So um, obviously there's strong tailwinds with the demand, um, and the the chairman and CEO have got some really good experience in connectivity for key stakeholders in the US as well. So all of that is moving in the right direction. Um, there is some, it's it's not really well known, the stock, and it does have um, a fair bit of buying in there and a good valuation as well. So just be careful, it is high risk. Um, I do own some shares in it, but I'm going to say it's a buy. Okay. Is it part of that whole onshoring thing with the states about trying to... Critical is, metals. Is it yeah. part, like, so is China the big player in this at the moment? Uh, yeah, I'm not too sure, actually. Yes, it probably is. China does uh, do a lot of this, but by them moving to the states, it yeah. really allows them to... Have they uh, got the money? Well, so yes, they do have the capital to, yeah. and, they, and they've moved it. And in fact, they've saved a lot of money by getting rid of the Melbourne plant yeah. and getting out of the UAE and all those kinds of things. So they've sort of started to move forward in there. Um, it's it's a specialist field. And obviously, with like this, with um, 
a stroke of a pen, you can have your contracts all taken away from you. So there is a lot of risk yeah. inside of this, but cash flow is still uh, probably two years away. So yeah. there's a lot of water that needs to go under the bridge, but they are moving in the right direction. And, and Hank has done an amazing job uh, to get to this stage in the business because it certainly floundered for many, many mm. years and it has been a, a bit of a contentious one. And I own stock at a lot higher prices, but I'm holding on because I think that this new leadership is the right place for this company. Excellent. Jun Bay. Oh, look, uh, to be quite frank, <laughs> I, I, I spoke to Adam earlier on. I was like, I've never heard of this company. Um, but, you know, honestly, it sounds like it's in the right place. Yeah. And it sounds very interesting, to to, to be honest. Um, yeah. uh, you know, a couple of questions I would ask as someone who's you know, doesn't have much uh, history with this yeah. company is that, you know, what's the competitive landscape, right? Why did they lose those contracts? Um, you know, you know, why did they lose it? And who's competing? Who's got those contracts? They didn't lose it. They actually they moved just, they away. Okay. Yeah, because it was Probably taking too, too long. Yeah. Too. And too expensive. Mm-hmm. And, mm. and yeah, so they, they they didn't lose them, but they moved on because it just took too long. Mm. United Arab Emirates is a very difficult, tough absolutely place to be, and we've mm. we saw sign letters, and we thought everything was going to be okay, but um, yeah, it didn't happen. These so they places. moved away. Almost reminds me of is it EOS where they yes. had a contract there, it never eventually yeah. it, money never came. Money never yeah, came. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. so yeah, no, it's very interesting. Something on the watch list, I think. You know, okay. Yeah, once they sign some of those larger contracts, it yeah, certainly will guarantee that. Definitely, and and yeah. the the titanium powder um there's different types of powder inside so they, of that they source the titanium yeah, powder from the miners that's right and then they can they can charge a higher price yeah. for certain um higher technical uh Specs. It, it gets all very very technical and starts to go over my head a little bit but um yeah there, there's there's higher profitability that they can have when they do in dealing with the u.s government and the defense side of things so Yep, looks good. And defence spending doesn't look like it's going away at the moment. If anything, it looks like you yeah. know getting it's, higher. it's 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 getting higher. Yeah, especially yeah. with Australia as well. We're throwing a truckload of money at it. So. Yeah. Anyway, brave brave new times. Anyway, the eighth stock is Telstra ticker code TLS picked by Haley. Now. Interesting. New CEO. Yeah. And obviously they put the towers on hold. Yes, Which disappointed sale. a few investors. They yeah. were looking forward to a bit of a juicy extra yeah. divvy or something coming through. Well, I think it was trying to clean up the business yeah. a bit and make it show sort of, you know, not so. There's, there's lots of stuff that Telstra does. But obviously mobile handsets is their biggest sort of exposure and that's where their growth engine is. And, 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 and yeah, getting rid of the towers was one thing that might clean this business up a little bit. Look, overall, I think Telstra is, is you know, down here. I mean, w- what can you do? I mean, um, it, the dividend's not really there. It, is it a growth story? Is it an income story? I don't think anybody really, really knows. Um, they, they've got so much saturation in the mobile handset now that, I don't, you know, it's hard for them to grow at a, at a rate. And you're seeing all of the smaller guys starting to take, you know, Aussie mm-hmm. Broadband, those kinds of businesses taking a lot of that uh, incumbent business because it's just easier to take it off Telstra because once you've been with them a couple of times, you try and find another solution. So overall, like I think Telstra is a good business. It's always something that's in the portfolio. People are very, very, um, well, it's a, it's a national pastime to bag Telstra. And so like, you know, you, you can <laughs> for always- For entertainment. Yeah, for entertainment at the barbecue. So, I mean, you're asking me for a buy, hold or sell. Look, Yeah, pretty much, yeah, Adam. I mean, that's the sector. No. <laughs> that's a, Sorry, that's the segment. Um, I don't know. I, look, I think if you look at that, there's a little bit of support there. It's sort of 380. 
But I think it's a hold. <laughs> a I, happy I, hold. I, I don't think that you, you're going to get, you, you know, you, you're not going to get rich off this stock. And it's, yeah, potentially it's just a position in the portfolio. Hopefully it should be for some investors, maybe a little bit defensive in this type of environment. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. you know that we all thought CSL was meant to be defensive <laughs> too. And that, that rule book has been thrown out. Yeah, June that's Bay, right. what do you think oh, of look at, Yeah, so, you know, we look at in the portfolio holistically right, within the portfolio. I think Telstra looks quite attractive at this point. Okay. Um, you know, to be part of the portfolio, it is very defensive. Um, valuation is not that expensive. Uh, it's being sold off, you know, obviously it's a bit of disappointment, couldn't separate out the infrastructure asset, but that yeah. asset is actually very valuable. Yeah, it's an infrastructure absolutely. asset. Um, and also given the mobile pricing, which is, you know, has been going up for quite some time. And, you know, we do think that the earnings growth will be there for the next 12 months at least. Um, you know, it just, it's got a bit of growth. Uh, it's defensive. It's got a really strong balance sheet. It's infrastructure-like. Uh, recently also been sold off because of the uh, the bond yield moving the other way, sort of, you know, those yep. passive uh, businesses being sold off. You know, compare this with, uh, you, you know, your likes of Transurban and others are kind of, it does look pretty good value at the moment. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's a buy for me. Uh, it looks really, it's, it, it's positioned well within the portfolio in that defensive bucket. I love it. Mm. Excellent. Well, there we go. There you go. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Let's move on to the ninth stock, which is a digital XDCC, ticker code, picked by Anne again. Now, this this is a real little minnow, isn't yeah. it? A blockchain minnow, apparently. So Tell us all. Uh, well, I, I was I was quite excited about this stock when Bitcoin was running really, like, going ridiculous and the only reason why i liked it is because that you know it was the, one of the only ways to play the uh bitcoin on the australian stock exchange mm -hmm. there was there's nothing i mean there's an etf now and all this kind of stuff and they're bringing more of that kind of stuff out but this one was really the only way to play it so it was i thought was a decent way to get access to that now Obviously, I was recommending that at higher prices, and I, you know, it's it's at lower prices now or, or gone lower. They hold around about uh, Bitcoin, about fifteen million dollars worth of Bitcoin, and they've got about eighteen million dollars in funds under management. So, yes, it's a small stock. It it it, it it's going to struggle with the Bitcoin price because obviously Bitcoin has now started to move lower. Though it did tick up a little bit, but overall, um, this one I, I got wrong. Uh, because, well, basically Bitcoin fell, fell, fell away and the value that they had is now certainly nowhere near what it used mm. to be. So I think for me, um, if you hold it, you probably want to be moving out of it to find something to get some better value return, yeah. elsewhere or better return. It is a small one, so I'd be really careful with it. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, um, I, you know, you've got to be first to put up your hand and say, I got it wrong. I got it wrong. And I think it's time to move away from this one. So it's a sell. From me. Okay, fair enough. I have to take my hat off. I always think, um, again, I'm going to show my age. Do you uh, remember the Fonz? And he'd go, R -r -r wrong. He couldn't say it. So you, you came right out and said, you owned to. it. Absolutely. You owned it, Adam. Well, you have to, don't you? Because it's all recorded somewhere. So. <laughs> okay, Jinbei. Uh, look, it's too speculative. Yeah, too um, just speaking. looking at the volatility of its performance and, you know, the, the Bitcoin itself, um, it's uh, it, it's way too speculative mm. and it's tiny. It's $20 million market yeah. cap. Um, and, um, you know, oh, it's boy. going to be very challenging. You won't have your new buyer because for share price to go higher, you need new buyer, right? Marginal mm. buyer. And then who's going to be on new buyer? It's going to be very, very difficult to find anyone uh, that yeah. will step in. And, um, you know, why wouldn't you go into, if you're really keen for the um, Bitcoin, then why wouldn't you go to the, you know, 
ETF, whether it's EF, ETF or directly Bitcoin to, yeah. you know, these areas rather than yeah. a small business where, mm. you know, you might have, yeah, struggle with challenges and, yeah. Fair enough. Okay, let's get to the 10th stock, which is Metcash, ticker code MTS, picked by Evan. Now, interesting story, this one. Yeah. I put my hand up. I love Mitre 10. You do? Yeah, I love Mitre 10. What's I wrong pre- with Bunnings? Oh, Bunnings, having just renovated a house, Bunnings <laughs> is just like ginormous. I know. So you yes. have to actually look up what you're looking for online to find which aisle wow. to get to and then yeah. you're wandering up and down the aisles and then they don't have, yeah. yeah. I like, I am a Mice 10 fan. I yep. do like IGA. Do I own the stock? No, right. but what do you think? Look, I think that the Mitre 10 hardware business is the jewel in the crown. Mm. Uh, definitely there, you know, you've, my, Metcash comes up against a lot of competition. You've got Woolworths and Coles and IGA. So yeah. basically, and Aldi. And Aldi is now taking market share yeah. away from Woolies and Coles. So you've got this sort of third position, IGA or fourth position in, in the supermarket wars, which is very cutthroat. Then you've got the Mitre 10 and Bunnings um, uh, side of things where you don't really get a lot of mm. Mitre 10 is losing customers left, right and centre. But Bunnings is probably one of the highest margin businesses in the world or one of the most mm. expensive hardware stores. So albeit you get the sausage chisel, like, that doesn't really cut because you're still paying more when you when you go and buy things. So I think Mitre 10 is, is probably one of their best bits of the business. Um, UBS, I know, uh, which we get a lot of research from, they're really favourable of Metcash. They really like it. Um, They think that, you know, that's the better place to be. Um, It's more diversified. But I just think you've got to stay with the big end of town and I'd be buying Wes Farmers and I'd be buying Woolies um, over those, over Metcash as a business. Um, Look, it's done okay. Um, Happy to hold it for you there, but I think that there's better uh, value or better um, sticking with the quality, you stay with the number one. And I yep. think that Metcash doesn't sit there with me for that. Fair enough. Junbei. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that Metcash is always the value end of the things to buy. And I always believe in quality, um, particularly mm-hmm. when things are going to get harder. So for the supermarket business um, and, you know, uh, Metcash, because they are, they don't own the store. So, you know, obviously the IGA are owned by individuals mm-hmm. and then they make a margin on the stuff they ship to um, Mm. to those store and so when there's food inflation it's normally good for Metcash so you know they actually had good earnings mm. because you know they, they get a high well, yeah, the same a margin a high yeah that's right and uh, but you know now we're already seeing the food inflation coming off a little bit dry goods and then you know Woolworth and Coles number we're already seeing that coming off so mm. and presumably in the next 12 months things will continue to come off you know Metcash is very leveraged to this whereas Woolworth Coles and Woolworth is much much less so mm. you know so this business earnings will be magnified to the downside um, and, and, norm, and also during tough times, you know, people become a little bit more cost conscious uh, rather than more convenience based. They actually go to, you know, places where they can hunt down bargain and generally, you know, whether it's Audi or, you know, other places yeah. or if, even if it's Coles and Woolworth offering those. Yeah. Um, so my other 10, you know, I agree with you. I think, you know, uh, West Farmer, the Bunning is by far the best retailer. I actually love Bunnings. Um, I, on the weekend, I've got nothing to do hang out in the Bunnings. Um, it's not a weekend take my until dog. you go to Bunnings. Yeah, that's right. Take my yes, dog. Yes, you can take your dog Yeah, that's now. right. You can take yes. your dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Make your little mat and you put a dog on it. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, I love the nursery, you know, because they got all these plants and yeah, things. Yeah, that's oh, I just, Yeah, so um, I happen to live right next door to apparently the biggest in the Southern Hemisphere, Bunnings um, in Pimble. Yeah. And, uh, but it just, you know, I think it just got its business model right. Yeah. And then knows its consumer and knows how to charge for it and they're just being incredibly strong you know maybe there will be some weakness in the earnings but look this is a retailer you want to buy when mm. it does get sold off it's that's the west farmer front yeah. um so i just think yeah so 
make cash, especially when things slowing down, kind of you just have to be careful of the value end of the, the, the you, business. You could argue that Mare Cash yeah. has actually held up really well. It after had that held chart. up really well, like, yeah, compared to Coles. Yeah, yeah, as the yeah, Coles. Yeah, the dividend yield is quite attractive. I've got yeah. like it's running at about 5.6, 5. 5.7. So, like, there is an argument to have it in the portfolio because it's held up really well. It's, yeah, really, it's not really stable. going anywhere, is well, it? market, on the other hand, is going down. Yeah, yeah. So, mm. you want that kind of mm. defensiveness mm. in it. But yeah, you, you sort of look at it and you look at it over a 10 year period and Metcash really hasn't done That's much. And the market's obviously gone up and come back down and whatever. So yeah, you want, but the quality is, is I think that's the overarching theme of this show today is quality, quality and stick with the quality because that is going to uh, get you through. through these storms and get them on the other side to then move higher. Mm. Okay, well, let's just run through this uh, last five picks of today. Okay, Stockland, um, look, Adam has a hold on it, but at the end of the day, you know, there's, there's, you know, there has been an upgrade by a few of the brokers, particularly I think it was Morgan Stanley, you said? Uh, yeah, JP Morgan. JP yeah. Morgan in this sector. Uh, but June Bay Lu really just points out very interest rate sensitive, these uh, property trusts, these REITs, and her preference is really where you can identify growth. And that would be in Murbach with the build to rent uh, developments that they have coming through where they've got a, a lot of experience. And uh, also Goodman Group for the data centers. And I love the term you used in the property second you want future facing earnings so you need to look for growth so really a hold from Adam and really for you June Bay probably not nah, don't go there okay now in terms of uh, Amero so really interesting rundown that Adam gave us on the stock that he holds we're talking titanium we're talking a plant in America exposure to the defense and aeronautical uh, industries they've got enough capital on the balance sheet to develop this project the new CEO is American called Hank Hank and Hank's doing what Hank's meant to be doing. Uh, so a buy on that one, but it is speculative. Very speculative. Very speculative. Be just careful. everybody realised that. And Junbei just saying, pop that on the watch list. Now, interesting, moving to Telstra. So Adam not really getting that excited about Telstra. A hold on that one. Yes, yield's not too bad, but really interesting from Junbei because she feels like it is in the right infrastructure space. They're very attractive assets. Those towers that they didn't divest, mobile pricing going up and she has a buy on it. Looking at Digital X, uh, June Bay, too speculative. Uh, if you want to look to buy Bitcoin, well, there's multiple other avenues to go towards. And Adam has a sell on that one. Now, looking at Metcash, really across both guests, um, pretty much, uh, even though the stock kind of has been quite steady and the yield looks quite reasonable, uh, the clear message is to go for quality in the consumer staples and go for the large ones. So Wes Farmers with Bunnings and Woolworths the standout if we are looking to buy on weakness. And I was about to say we have uh, three minutes left and uh, very quickly, June Bay in this sell-off, what would you be really, what, what's a stock that you don't own that you would love to own and if it gets clobbered you might buy? I actually buy, uh, I'm in the market buying lots of things so yeah, <laughs> look you know I honestly um, I um, I think you know uh, some of the growth names that's being sold off at the yeah. moment because of high interest rate expectations um, you know people a bit worried about zero and the like you know share price come off people are trying to be tactical I think it's buy going to the result um, likes of you know 360 I actually think that looks really interesting the company is really at that tipping point right um, of really gaining traction or well, not gaining traction yeah. they've been gaining traction for a long time it's a cash flow break even it's um you know all these growth it's just i think that's quite incredible okay perfect uh, i'm going to stay in the healthcare space i, I 
buying so much resmed it's ridiculous and i'm down every day but i can see it happening and i'm really comfortable so buy resmed okay october the 27th agm, yes, AGM. they're doing a virtual one for everybody to I think know. everyone's going to be surprised to the I, upside I, well look at abbott yep they surprised okay. to the upside, so there you go. Okay. okay, if commodity stocks are something you follow, you might want to check out an investor event we've got coming up soon. Market Intelligence is presented by the team from ACY Securities. It's a deep dive into mining stock strategy for 2025. They'll be looking at the fundamental and technical indicators across a range of commodities, including lithium, gold, iron ore, and uranium, plus emerging opportunities in specific stocks. And if that's not enough, a limited number of Ausbiz subscribers will have a chance to attend the event live in our studios here at Barangaroo. You can get more information and register at ausbiz.co slash intel. Okay, well, that is it for today. June Bay, thank you so much for coming in. Adam, great to see you. Thank yes, you for thank coming you. in. Absolutely. for having us. Fun be. show. Um, <laughs> if there are any stocks you'd like us to cover, go to ausbiz.co forward slash callpicks or tweet us. I should say post us on X to us at Ausbiz. But uh, don't go anywhere. Stick around because the bolus is coming up next. Yeah.